This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. With me today, I have Kelsey Banky. Welcome, Kelsey. Hi, Mary. And today, um, Kelsey and I, who work a lot in the retirement area, are going to talk about some of our experiences of what we find that get in the way of a confident retirement or from people being willing to pull that retirement trigger. Um, I think that quite a few of you may have heard me talk about the fact that I recently wrote a book that was published on Amazon on July the 7th. We're going to have limited print editions available in the fall, so listen in later because we'll be having a fun book signing event at some point in time. But anyway, part of the the book itself was called Ready to Pull the Retirement Trigger. And part of being ready to retire is being able to overcome the issues that are going to get in your way. You know, what are the challenges that are going to get in your way? And um, there's a quote that I used in the book that says, behind every retired man is a wife wishing he would go back to work. (laughs) (laughs) And it's kind of funny because I hear that, you know, people are joking with each other, but I actually think it's a very real fear. In fact, just yesterday I had lunch with a friend of mine who's thinking about retirement and she said, well, he's retired already. I'm thinking about stopping working, but... I don't know. We might kill each other if we're both at home. (laughs) (laughs) So this isn't something that uh, you're the only one thinking this, if that thought has crossed your mind. (laughs) So, all right. The first thing I want to talk about is what we call the overwhelm trap. And the overwhelm trap is um, what people get stuck in when they have questions that kind of sound like this oh my gosh, there's so much to know. How am I going to learn what I need to know? How am I going to know if I'm ready to retire? I get it, but I don't I don't even want to learn all the details about retirement, but I think I want to retire. How do I know if I have enough money? I just want to live my life and ignore this because it's all too much to think about. <laughs> you know, the devil you know is the way your life has been, right? You know what it's like to work and save money for retirement, but you don't know yet what it's like to actually retire. And it's very overwhelming when you think about these kind of things. What are some of the most common questions that you get, Kelsey, when people are feeling overwhelmed about retirement? You know, it's it's a very interesting psychological change that mm-hmm. has to happen. I think about it. You've, you've spent your whole life working and saving for retirement, and it's this thing in the future, and, and oh, I'm so... I'm so excited to retire. A lot of people say that. Some people love their jobs and, and want to can keep working as long as they can. But most people, are, I'm excited to retire so I don't have to work anymore. But then they get there and it's a really hard transition and, and they, they don't understand exactly how they're going to turn all of, of what they've saved into money. And that's overwhelming. Um, it's overwhelming to take everything that they've saved and try to figure out how to turn that into now an income in retirement. And so I think that's definitely something that keeps people from um, pulling that trigger is not having an understanding of how they create income in, in retirement and not even really knowing where to go to get that information or who to seek out for help on that. Right. So the worst part of overwhelm is that it typically leads to paralysis. You know, you just do nothing because you're overwhelmed. And I do that, you know, in different things in my life. But there's really kind of three different solutions when you're finding yourself in the overwhelm trap. Number one, you can do something called immersion education. And that just means that you immerse yourself 
to learn everything you need to learn about money. Now, some people who are do-it-yourselfers really love this, and I think that's awesome. I think my book will actually help you with that if you want to do an immersion education. You can take a class online. You can enroll in financial classes. You can self-educate through books or on the websites or different things like that, but you can immerse yourself in education to help get yourself through overwhelm. Now, there's plenty of people out there, though, who just don't have any interest in doing that. And so sometimes what we call bite-sized learning is a great avenue for people. And bite-sized learning is, um, you know, maybe reading a book or going to a local retirement seminar or listening to an online webinar about retirement planning. You know, um, so if if you want to get the basics down and you want to get the ball rolling, just approaching it with a bite-sized learning approach is always a good idea, too. The third solution, though, to get yourself out of the overwhelm trap is just to hire help. And so unless you're do-it-yourself or hiring hiring help to do this might be a really good solution for you. Um, Even if you are a do-it-yourselfer, you might want to have someone look at it to give you a second opinion. So somebody who has immersed themselves in education that can educate you about your particular situation that's what I'm talking about with hiring help, getting, getting some help from a professional advisor with this. So the three solutions to get yourself out of the overwhelm trap are either immersion education, bite-sized learning, or hiring help. And I think the hiring help one, Mary, is a really great point. Um, I, I worked with a, a gentleman yesterday who wants to retire and, and basically in working with, with us doing some financial planning, he said, I am so glad I came in. I knew I was ready to retire in the back of my head, but just getting confirmation and collaborating with somebody else on exactly how it was all going to play out and how I was going to make that transition just gives me all the confidence in the world to actually take that step. Awesome. That's fantastic. And really that's what a strong retirement starts with is the confidence to take the leap. So, okay, the next um, pitfall that I want to talk about is something that we call the stuck spouse problem. (laughs) And the stuck spouse problem is you're going to be having this issue if you're um, having questions like this. Hey, I want to retire and spend more time with my husband, but I don't even know how to talk to him about this stuff. I barely know how to do it myself, and I don't even know how to start that conversation. Or if you're one of those people that is saying, you know what, my wife is terrified that if we stop working, we're going to run out of money. And how do I get her over that hump? We've saved a lot, but she's still nervous and she's still scared. She doesn't understand how this is all going to work. Um, and so, you know, if you find yourself maybe gravitating towards the idea of retirement, but the conversation with your spouse is stalled out or your spouse has fears about retirement, then you are in the stuck spouse problem. <laughs> <laughs> so... If you're married, I don't think it's going to come as any surprise to learn that most couples are not on the exact same page when it comes to money. And usually one's a spender and one's a saver. You know, we see that all the time. Often one spouse handles the money and one spouse is very happy to not handle the money. Absolutely. (laughs) And so, you know, it's, it's easy to understand why one spouse might be stuck and one spouse might be in a place that's definitely ready to move on. So, um... I really think that overcoming the stuck spouse problem definitely comes down to good communication techniques. And what I think that the first communication technique you can use is feeding the right questions. Okay? And what I mean by feeding the right questions is this. It's not about telling something, telling somebody what to do, because usually you're going to meet with resistance when you 
are told what to do. But if if you ask your uh, the opinion of your spouse, I think you can start to create conversation that is going to move you in the direction that you're wanting to move. So, for instance, instead of saying to your spouse, hey, I think we should retire, another way to do that is to ask questions like, hey, how do you see us spending time together when we retire? It's a totally different question. It's not a statement. It's it's a question of what do you envision for the future, my love? And then it, it really starts to open up some opportunities for good conversation. You know, and if 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 your spouse is not somebody who necessarily likes open-ended questions as much, then if you phrase it like, hey, I know you really used to love woodworking. Do you see yourself spending more time woodworking when we retire? You know, it's going to start the wheels turning of when you when you feed the right questions, when you ask more pointed questions, it's going to feed the 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 uh, brain power and get it going in a way that opens yourself up to to talking about the money philosophy that you both have and what's going to be important to you when it comes to experiences and things and people and and how you're going to spend your time in retirement. The um, next thing is to um, think about collaborating with conversation. And I really think that sometimes, especially if one spouse has not handled the money, we start to get into issues where people are patronizing, you know, more that, oh, don't worry, we'll be fine kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about your marriage, Kelsey, but that never worked really well in mine. (laughs) (laughs) Collaborative is always better, it seems like. (laughs) Right. So um, instead of, you know, saying, oh, it will all be fine, if you are collaborating and asking questions about, well, what do you think that, you know, how often do you want to go see the grandkids when we retire? You want to go see them once a year? You want to go see them, you know, twice a year? How often do you want to do that? Because If you're the money-oriented spouse or if you're the spouse that's wanting to push towards retirement, you have to figure out what your travel budget's going to be. And and, and even though what you're asking is how do you want to spend time in retirement, what it's really going to lead to is, well, then how do we need to line up our money to do that? And how do we get my unstuck spouse really moving in that direction? Another way that we have seen spouses help each other get unstuck is just to kind of... to approach it in a little bit more of a fun way. So, for instance, take the new book that I wrote. There's a section in it that's about um, nursing home issues, you know, and people being afraid of dealing with nursing home issues in their retirement. And so um, one way to unstick a spouse is to leave something for them to read with a note about why it might be valuable for them. So, for instance, let's take the book and, and maybe you leave that on your spouse's nightstand with a little sticky note in it in the nursing home section that says, Oh my God, if I lose my marbles, I want you and the kids to put me up in style. <laughs> you know, so something fun, something lighthearted, but something that gets the wheels turning in a mind to elicit the conversation that you need to have to, to move forward. So, um, if you, uh, if you are interested in that, um, and you want to read more about some of these pitfalls, they're in my book, Ready to Pull the Retirement Trigger. You can find that through our website or on Amazon. And um, we also have a companion piece to it that's called the Strategic Retirement Toolkit. You can download that for free right off of our website, or you can call in and request that. The Strategic Retirement Toolkit has a lot of different pieces in it that can help you move the needle forward 
when you're in one of these different pitfalls. Congratulations to Mary Stirk and the team at Stirk Financial for earning a spot on two Forbes lists for six years running, including 2023 Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors and 2023 Forbes Top Women Wealth Advisors Best in State, number one in South Dakota. So here's the thing is that the, I would say that the biggest pitfall that people really fall into is what we call the pit of what if. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> what if something unexpected happens? What if my plan wasn't really a good plan? What if I die? What if I need to go to the nursing home? What if I run out of money? I mean, it's all these what if, what if, what if questions. And they're totally legit. Absolutely. They're totally legit. There's a reason that we have anxiety and fear about pulling that retirement trigger. But the thing is that you cannot outguess the what ifs. Okay. And by their very nature, they're unexpected. They're unforeseen. They're unknown. So you can create a plan and you can forecast the plan. But you, just like life has always been, there's going to be some things that come up that you didn't plan for. Okay. So... A strong financial plan will take your what-ifs into consideration. In fact, this is actually one of my own personal favorite parts of creating a retirement plan is looking at all the what-if scenarios. Very, very fun for us (laughs) to do that. (laughs) So here's the thing. If you can look out and say, well, what if all these bad things happen? Then this is the long-term impact of them. That maybe is likely to be a worst case scenario for you. And then if you also look at, oh, well, what if none of those do happen and everything goes according to plan? Maybe that's a a best case scenario for you. And the reality is that life is going to happen and that your future is going to land somewhere in the middle of what that best case and worst case scenario probably was. So the thing about good planning is this. If you can forecast out what some of those worst what ifs are, And if you can look at that worst case scenario and say, hmm, well, I guess if this all happened, I guess I could probably still live with that. It wouldn't be ideal. It wouldn't be what I'd really want. But I I could get on board with living with that if I had to. You've now taken the fear out of it. You've taken the crazy out of it. You've taken the unknown out of it. And you've said, well, by God, if all these things happened, I'd still maybe be all right. Wouldn't like it, but I'd be all right. And when you can embrace that, it completely boosts your confidence in taking a step towards retirement. And so that's what a good plan is going to do. They say knowledge is power. And the uncertainty surrounding the impact of a what if is what causes us to stay stuck in that anxiety and that inaction. And when you can see in a strategic forecast the impact that a what if scenario has on your life, it takes all that murky fear right out of it. So that's how you can help yourself climb out of the pit of what if. <laughs> Just getting a little bit of clarity can go a long way in retirement planning. Absolutely. Okay, the last retirement planning pitfall that I want to talk about is something that's called the fear of getting ripped off phenomenon. <laughs> Nobody wants to get taken advantage of. Nobody wants to get ripped off. And let's face it, the financial industry has gotten enough black eyes that anybody in their right mind would be a little bit suspicious of the average everyday financial person. (laughs) There's no doubt about that. We've had Bernie Madoff issues. There's been scandal after scandal. And so how do you know if you're getting taken advantage of or not? And that stops a lot of people from actually taking action. So when you're asking questions like, well, I want to find an advisor, but how do I know if their advice is best for them or best for me? 
you're kind of stuck in this fear of getting ripped off phenomenon. Or if you're saying to yourself, hey, our advisor is my husband's golfing buddy and I feel like he talks down to me, um, but I don't know what else to do and I don't know where else to turn and I don't know who I can trust, then that's the fear of getting ripped off phenomenon. So um, if you want to hire help but you're afraid of getting ripped off, there's a few important things that I think you should consider. Number one, does the financial person you're talking to work for you or do they work for a company like an insurance company? So Kelsey, how would you say is a way to differentiate whether or not somebody works for you or works for an insurance company? There, you know, are several different ways an advisor can work, but if they're an independent advisor and they're not tied to one particular company, then that means that they're going to have a lot more freedom in the solutions that they offer you. But if they work for one particular company and all of the programs that they talk to you about are titled with the same company name, then chances are they have a lot of incentive to talk to you about those programs and they may or may not be the best solution for you. So an independent advisor is going to have the freedom to go out and customize the solutions for you based on what they think is best for you and not based on what they're required to sell you. Yeah, so I think a really good gauge of knowing if they're working for you or working for the insurance company is this. If the insurance company's name is on the door, and that advisor is probably an agent of the company, meaning that they have a first responsibility to help position you in the best products that company has to offer. That is not the same as the best comp- or the best products in the world. So an independent advisor is, I think, more diversified in what they can offer. And that's how you can tell the difference between somebody working for the company or somebody working on your behalf. All right. Um, the, the next thing I think that you have to figure out is how does your financial advisor actually make their money? Okay. There's a big difference between a commission-based advisor and a fee-based advisor. Okay. A commission-based advisor is somebody that is going to only make a living if they sell you a financial product. And so there's an agenda there. If their agenda is to get paid by selling a product and your agenda is to get advice and strategies about retirement planning, those are two very different things. (laughs) And so finding an advisor that works in a fee-based collaborative way means that you're paying them to help you create a plan. And if you're paying them to create a plan and that plan is not based upon products that they're going to sell you, then you have an agenda that's one and the same. You're, try, you're both trying to create advice and strategies for your retirement plan. So I think it's very difficult to achieve unbiased, objective advice when you're working in a commissionable sales setting. And I think that the fee-based type of advisor is going to create an agenda with you that is all about what's the best for you, not what's the best for them. Okay, and then the last thing that can help you with the fear of getting ripped off phenomenon is um, this whole thing about that a lot of times financial advisors talk to people in a way that makes them feel really stupid. You know, they use jargon, they use technical terms, it can get all the crazy charts and graphs and percentages (laughs) is what I hear. Yeah, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) And so... If you can find somebody that talks in a way that is easy to understand, 
that they don't talk down to you, that they're not patronizing to you, that they have a, if you're married, if they have a relationship with both of you, and it's not just a relationship with one of you, then I think that that's, and it goes a long way to helping you feel more confident in that relationship. So Finance can be really complex, but it doesn't have to be. And finding a good planner who can explain difficult concepts in a way that is easy to understand is like finding a hidden gem. And then the question I get is, well, how do I find that? All right. And so what I suggest is that people interview planners. So if you don't want to get ripped off, but you want to do some planning, I think you need to go interview planners. And I think it's important to interview a number of planners. If you're local, I think you should interview at least one or two local planners. If you, I also think that people should think about interviewing somebody that has a national presence where they have clients in multiple states. You know, for instance, we have clients in like 40 or 45 states in America right now. And we work with people everywhere because technology has evolved today in such a way that you can, you can work with anybody anywhere. Okay. Well, and it's a it's a very big world. People are not staying in one community for the rest of their lives. They're right. moving to other states. They're following their kids, their grandkids. They're summering or wintering in different places. And, and so having all of your focus just on your local presence may not be beneficial to you. It may limit you into finding the person that's really the best person to work with you. So in the Strategic Retirement Toolkit that you can download right off our website at sterkfinancialservices.com, there's actually an interview format that we've put together for people, which is a list of questions that when you go to interview a financial planner, it's a guide of what you should be asking that planner so you can decide if you think this person is going to be a good fit for you or not. It's going to ask them how they make money. It's going to ask them who they represent. It's going to ask them questions and you're going to be able to ascertain whether or not you think this advisor is a good person for you. So give us a call, request the strategic retirement toolkit or go online at sterkfinancialservices.com and hopefully you'll be able to get some answers to all of these common retirement pitfalls and move confidently towards a strong retirement. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can ensure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Insurance offered through Sterk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated. Neither Woodbury Financial Services Incorporated nor its representatives provide tax or legal advice. You should consult a qualified attorney or tax professional to answer your specific questions. Stirk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota, 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555. Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisors list includes 10 recipients per state. The award is based on qualitative and quantitative data. Rating thousands of wealth advisors with a minimum of seven years of experience and weighing factors like revenue trends, assets under management, compliance records, industry experience, and best practices. The award is not based on portfolio performance or client reviews. There is no fee in exchange for rankings. Third-party rankings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. 
These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client nor are they representative of any one client's evaluation.